Good morning, and welcome to Simply Sports. It's Thursday, February 1st. On today's show, we delve into NU's Collins calling out the crazy 38-shot FT disparity and K-State's surprising fall with a loss at Oklahoma. Plus, Mitchell drops 45, helping Cavs secure a win. This coverage and more, up next. I'm David, and you're listening to Simply Sports. We start off with a dramatic scene from a recent Big Ten game where Northwestern coach Chris Collins was ejected with just 1.7 seconds left in a 105-96 overtime loss to number 2 Purdue. The ejection followed a dramatic exit and a game that saw a significant disparity in free throw attempts. Here to discuss this further is Celeste, a correspondent for Simply Sports. Can you tell us more about what happened during this game? Certainly, David. The game was a tense one, with Purdue having a 46-8 advantage in attempts from the free-throw line. This is the largest free-throw attempt gap in Big Ten Conference games over the past 25 seasons, according to ESPN Stats and Information Research. Collins was visibly frustrated by this disparity, which ultimately led to his ejection in the final moments of the game. Can you elaborate on the circumstances leading to Collins's ejection? Collins's emotions boiled over as the game was drawing to a close. He walked onto the court, yelling furiously at an official while the ball was still in play. This resulted in an immediate technical foul and his subsequent ejection. The argument continued near midcourt, with a Northwestern player eventually guiding Collins towards the bench. As he left, Collins congratulated Purdue coach Matt Painter and reigning National Player of the Year Zach Eady before gesturing to the booing fans to get louder. What was Collins's reaction after the game? After the game, Collins acknowledged that Purdue deserved to win, but he also pointed out the significant disparity in free throw attempts. He mentioned that Northwestern player Boo Buey didn't shoot a single free throw in the game, which he found surprising. Collins also expressed disappointment that his team couldn't close the deal despite the challenges they faced. And how did this impact the overall game? The disparity in free throw attempts certainly played a role in the game's outcome. Had Purdue shot better than 29 of 46 from the line, or if Northwestern had shot more than eight free throws, the game might not have gone to overtime. Despite the challenges, Collins noted that his team had a shot to win at the buzzer, which he found pretty incredible. Thanks for the insight, Celeste. Now shifting gears to women's college basketball, the number two spot in the Associated Press poll seems to be a precarious position. The latest upset occurred on Wednesday, when Kansas State, which had just moved to number two in the rankings, lost to unranked Oklahoma 66-63. This month, the number two ranked team has lost almost every week. Bella, our correspondent for Simply Sports, is here to delve into this. Can you give us some more context about this trend? Certainly, David. This trend has been quite noticeable. UCLA lost on January 14th, Iowa lost on January 21st, and UCLA, after being elevated to the position again, lost on January 22nd and 28th. Earlier in the season, UConn, then number two, lost on November 12th, and Iowa lost on November 16th. It seems the number two spot has been somewhat of a jinx. That's quite a pattern. Now tell us more about this latest upset with Kansas State. Well, this was Oklahoma's first victory over a top two team since 2004. 
It was Kansas State's second loss of the season, with their first loss being to Iowa on November 26th. Since then, Kansas State had won 14 games in a row. However, the Wildcats recently lost star center Ayoka Lee to ankle surgery, which could have been a significant factor in their loss. How did the players perform in this game? Jacilla Sanchez led Kansas State with 18 points and 9 rebounds, while Serena Sundell added 15 points, 10 rebounds, and 8 assists. Skylar Van was the top performer for the Sooners with 21 points and 8 rebounds. And what about Oklahoma? How have they been performing this season? Oklahoma lost four starters to graduation or injury from last season's team that tied for the Big 12 regular season championship. They had a rough start in non-conference play, going 6-5, but they've turned things around in Big 12 play and are now 14-6 overall and 8-1 and in the league. What did Oklahoma's coach have to say about the game? Oklahoma coach Jenny Baranchik praised both teams for their effort in the fourth quarter. She acknowledged Kansas State's loss of Ayoka Lee and expressed hope for her quick recovery. She also emphasized that this win was a learning experience for her team and that they're looking forward to growing from it. Thanks for the insights, Bella. Now, shifting our focus to the NBA, the Cleveland Cavaliers managed to hold off the Detroit Pistons with a 128-121 to victory on Wednesday night. Donovan Mitchell scored 20 of his 45 points in the fourth quarter, while Darius Garland made a return from his broken jaw injury. Here with us to discuss the game is our correspondent, James. So James, what can you tell us about the Cavaliers' performance in this game? Well, David, the Cavaliers have been on a roll, winning 11 of their last 12 games. They have the best record in the league since December 16th, standing at 16-4. Donovan Mitchell's performance was particularly noteworthy. He scored 20 of his 45 points in the fourth quarter, matching his season high. Cavaliers coach J.B. Bickerstaff praised Mitchell, stating that having a closer like him is a huge advantage for the team. And what about Darius Garland? He's been out of action for a while. Yes, Garland returned to the court after being sidelined for 19 games due to a broken jaw. He played for 20 minutes in this game, which is a positive sign. However, he did not play in the final 7.30 due to a minutes restriction. Despite his limited time on the court, Garland managed to score 19 points. The Cavaliers seem to be getting their team back together. How does this impact their performance? Indeed, the Cavaliers had their projected starting lineup together for just the 12th time this season. Evan Mobley also returned recently from a 21-game absence after undergoing knee surgery. Mitchell expressed his delight at having Garland and Mobley back, emphasizing the depth and talent of the team. The return of key players certainly boosts the team's performance and morale. Let's turn to the Pistons. How did they fare in this game? The Pistons put up a good fight. Danilo Gallinari scored 20 points and went 4 of 4 on 3-pointers, while Cade Cunningham had 19 points and 7 assists. However, they fell short in the end, with the Cavaliers going on a 10-0 run in the final minutes to secure their 8th consecutive win over the Pistons. That's quite a streak. What's next for these teams? The Cavaliers will look to continue their impressive run, while the Pistons will aim to bounce back from this loss. Both teams have shown their strengths and will undoubtedly bring their best to the upcoming games. Thanks for the update, James. Speaking of basketball, 
Let's shift our focus to Damian Lillard's return to Portland's Moda Center on Wednesday for the first time since his trade from the Trailblazers in October. Despite his new team, Lillard's instinct led him towards the home locker room, a route he'd taken for 11 years as a Trailblazer. Here with us to discuss, this is our correspondent from Simply Sports. So Abby, how did Lillard's return to Portland go? Well, David, it was quite an emotional homecoming for Lillard. He received a one-minute standing ovation during pregame introductions. However, the Blazers managed to spoil the homecoming by securing a 119-116 win over the Bucks. Lillard finished with 25 points, 6 rebounds, and 7 assists. And what about Lillard's future? Is there a chance he could return to the Trailblazers? Lillard did leave the door open for a potential return to the franchise that drafted him. He expressed his deep affection for Portland and the organization. And while he's committed to the Bucks and their opportunity to contend, he can see a day where he'll be in a Trailblazer uniform again before his career is over. How did the Blazers and their fans welcome Lillard back? The Blazers welcomed him back with two tribute videos in the first quarter, one highlighting his on-court accomplishments and the other his impact off the court and in the Portland community. A kid in the crowd even held up a sign that read, get your ring, then come back home. Lillard said he felt the appreciation and love from the crowd. Despite the trade, does Lillard still keep tabs on the Blazers? Yes, he does. Lillard mentioned that he mainly checks in on guard Anthony Simons, who he considers like a brother. However, he did not look to this game for any kind of closure or catharsis. He said that his experiences in Portland will always be a part of him. That was Simply Sports reporter Abby shedding light on Damian Lillard's emotional return to Portland. Thanks for the insights. And on that note, we wrap up our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Simply Sports. We'll see you back here tomorrow.